Just a warning, this episode mentions major spoilers for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. If you haven't seen it yet, do not listen to this episode. Stop what you're doing, go watch it, and then uh, listen to this. I'm Johnny. I'm Scott. I'm Heather. I'm Ani. I'm Michael. I'm Eric. I'm Christy. And this is your movie hour. Your Movie Hour is a podcast where we explore the deep truths we can learn from our favorite films and television shows. Today is our last episode of the season, and we're talking about Star Wars, Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. You can find us online at yourmoviehour.com. Send us an email or voicemail message at yourmoviehour at gmail.com. We may even read or play your message on the air. And please join our Facebook group where it's just a community of people who love movies and love the podcast and love talking about them. Just go to Facebook and search for Your Movie Hour Community. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends about us, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to support us financially, check out our Patreon where we have cool perks like stickers, mugs, and t-shirts and even guest spots on the show. Thank you to our patrons, T and Scott. And Scott is sitting right here next to me, actually. Thank you, Scott, in person. If you want to be like Scott, please check out our Patreon. Everyone wants to be like Scott. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and uh, introduce ourselves in a little more depth. Uh, so we'll just be sharing kind of our name and what we do, um, how we spend our time. So I am Johnny, and I, uh, I'm pretty involved in this podcast. That's something that I do. My name is Heather, and I am a filmmaker, and everyone sitting at the table with me is my family, in one way or another. Uh, my name is Ani. Uh, I'm Heather's sister, and I usually spend my time knitting, drawing, or if I have time, reading. I'm Michael, and I work for Adventist Health, um, <clears throat> combining duplicate medical records all day. And uh, in my spare time, I like to play the bass. I am Eric. I am Heather's brother. I am a hobbyist writer, 3D modeler, and I work a lot with arts and crafts. I'm Christy. I'm Heather's mom. And I'm a choir accompanist for children's choirs. And I'm Scott. I work uh, in IT at a healthcare organization. And I am the father. <laughs> truly is really really biologically it's true it's the case so uh heather what's star wars episode nine the rise of skywalker about tell us a little bit about the movie so i'm just gonna read the opening crawl you know the epic you know crawl that shows up in every star wars movie um and this is the one for the rise of skywalker it says the dead speak the galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast a threat of revenge in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine. General Leia Organa dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence, while Rey, the last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. If that doesn't jog your memory, I don't know what will. <laughs> So this movie has a rating of PG-13 with a two-hour and 22-minute runtime. We're going to begin our discussion today with a new section called Love It or Leave It. So I will uh, share something that was included 
in this movie, this motion picture cinematic experience. And you will say, love it or leave it. Do you, are you psyched about it or would you just as well that they left that out? So first off, J.J. Abrams back as director. Love it. Love it. Even though I also liked Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I loved it. Love it. Love it. I loved it. <laughs> I too loved it. No dissenters here. No dissenters. <laughs> we're, we're an agreeable family. A very affable bunch. Uh, okay. How about this? Inclusion of General... Uh, Leia, a.k.a. Carrie Fisher, um, with archived footage. Yes. Uh, if you did not know, Carrie Fisher passed away in 2016 before they filmed the final film here. Love it. Love it. Would have wanted more. Would love to have had more, but <laughs> loved it. I loved it. It was great to see her still playing Leia. Love it. I love it as well. I love to see her in it again. Who would say leave it? Who would that be? Someone crazy. I, know, right? yeah. <laughs> I will always take more Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, and I, I will say that I, I love it as well, but it's always like, man, someone has passed. Like, how do you honor their memory well? Like, how do you, how do you make sure that they're represented the way that they would want to be represented, the way that they would want the character to be represented? So when I saw it, I was like, like oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. But, but I did, I did love seeing her and hearing that voice again and it was wonderful well and carrie fisher's daughter billy lord is um in star wars and uh hmm. i think she's even in the force awakens a tiny bit oh. and then she's featured a bit more she's someone who like works on the bridge um in the last jedi and then she was in it just a little bit this time so that's kind of cool like carrie's legacy is carried on a little bit through her daughter i really mm -hmm. liked that Next one, diminished role of Rose Tico. Again, played a fairly significant part in uh, The Last Jedi, um, but now much smaller role. I'm okay with it. I love Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose. Uh, I have mixed feelings about how little Rose was featured in, in this movie. Um. I think it would have been nice to see her more, but I'm not sure how they would have really fit that in there. So, I think I have the same sentiment on you has. Yeah, I feel like the role she was given was pretty good, but we should have seen more of her. Which one was Rose Tico? <laughs> Rose, Rose is the, uh, she plays kind of a, an engineer. Um, okay, that's yeah. who I the thought. The girl that Finn like teams up with in The Last with Jedi. With the eyes. With the eyes? the eyes? The big eyes? No. Oh. <laughs> different engineer. Different, okay. different Mom, that's like person. a CG character. <laughs> that's Ma Maz? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I liked her. Okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. And uh, Kylo Ren turning to the yeah. light side. <laughs> Making the switch. Wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> Yes, I'm all for that. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much I can't even express. <laughs> Leave it. Just kidding. I love it. <laughs> stay. Well, there's the set. <laughs> yeah. uh, I usually have trouble with redemption arcs, but I feel like Kylo Ren's was earned. Uh, mm. I could see elements of it back in the beginning of The Force Awakens. It was uh, part of our initial theories as well. Mm -hmm. 
I totally loved it. I was waiting for that ever since he was introduced. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, ben and Ray's kiss <gasps> at the end. <laughs> love it or leave it. I saw it coming, but it was not necessary. <laughs> oh, damn. Love it. Favorite part of the film, hands down, was that whole sequence. <laughs> I know that I might be, you know, in the minority or whatever, but I loved it. I love that scene. Even um, though I like laughed out loud in the theater when it happened. Yeah, I, I just remember don't know how to deal with awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing Heather laugh. It was funny. <laughs> I, heard it. Uh, I I I loved it. But I also can't help but keep saying, like, why would they do that if he was just going to die right after? But I still loved it. They, like, made your heart swell and then, like, broke it. (laughs) I loved it. Uh, I think part of me wants to leave it just because it's something that shows up in so many movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my feelings are kind of like the uh, Kylo Ren's redemption arc. So it's... Mm -hmm. Uh, something I usually have a problem with it felt a little more earned here Hmm. I loved it (laughs) alright next item not knowing what Finn was going to tell Ray I have something to tell you and then it never comes out well I I hope that it comes out in in a story at some point but it, it seems a little tropey is that is that your answer? That's my answer. Trumpy, that's the answer. Um, you know, I like that they didn't tell us because then it gives me something to keep thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell what he was going to say. It could be he was going to say he like kind of felt the force a little. Or I originally thought he was going to be like, Ray, I love you. But, I mean, it did give us more to think about, so I think I'm okay with it. I'm going to say leave it, just because it didn't really have any bearing on the plot, per se. Mm. I'm going to say leave it as well, because it didn't really have an impact. It was kind of tossed to the side, and as a result, I actually forgot about it up until <laughs> right now. So, since it didn't add much, I'm saying leave it. I kind of agree with Ani. I think it was something to look forward to in future films i think it's probably something they put in there to connect finn and ray a bit more throughout the film Mm -hmm. which was kind of how they set things up like in the force awakens that they're like you know connected somehow and so they needed something to keep them connected in the mind of the audience instead of just brushing finn aside because her kind of like connection and relationship with kylo ren was like so intense and so they had to have something to kind of keep the Ray Finn duo connection happening. The C-3PO memory wipe. <laughs> well, for me, it's not necessarily a lover leave it. I think that it was a, a great moment when he said that he was taking one last look at his friends. And that, that's a very human, almost emotion that he had. So I like that part. But the memory wipe itself, I think, was just, you know, necessary for the story yeah yeah i loved that moment with c3po um you know taking one last look at his friends and in in one way that's like he was reflecting us because this is the end of the sequels Mm. 
uh, Carrie Fisher has died. Uh, Peter Mayhew, who played uh, Chewbacca, has died. Like, this is the end of an era. And so, like, I felt, uh, you know, I've experienced that emotion that C-3PO is feeling in real life, but I also was experiencing it towards Star Wars. So... Mm. Um, I think it made me sad, but I think it added um, more th- more substance to the story. So I don't necessarily love it, but I don't think I would necessarily leave it because it was kind of necessary and it was really heartfelt. And I kind of agree with Heather with what she said. Uh, I have kind of mixed feelings about it. I'm going to say leave it because it felt a little bit contrived to have the whole forbidden language thing going, but... I did appreciate the whole one last look at my friend's line. I'm going to say love it. Uh, partially because there was like the person who was doing the memory wipe was what, a baby Russian? Oh, yeah. Babu Frick. Babu Frick. I said Bobo. I mean, he's, so, he's so funny and cute. How could I not yeah, love it? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I will say uh, when he was going to get his memory wiped, I knew exactly how that was going to end. His memory was going to get wiped and R2-D2 was going to put it back in, and when he was saying that R2-D2's memory banks are notoriously uh, unreliable, <laughs> I knew that that was what was going to end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to take only the memory wipe, I would leave it, but they redeemed it by giving him his memory back. Yeah. So I loved it. I, I know for me, I mean, it was a very painful um, experience like to watch in the story, but I really appreciate, and obviously right now in our time, like we're having all these conversations about AI, about personhood, about what makes something um, animate and, and human and what gives something value. And I, I appreciated them exploring that a little bit in the context of the Star Wars universe. Like what are droids? How much humanity do droids have? Where do they, you know, where's that line? And I, I appreciated that discussion a lot. Yeah. Okay, final Final one, big picture, the movie overall, the movie itself. Love it or leave it? Love it. I love it. I stinking love it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely 100% love it. Surprisingly, love it. I loved it too. I also loved it. (laughs) Sorry to you naysayers who didn't like it. You're just going to have to suffer through this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll try not to just fan out you know, like too hard the whole time. (laughs) So our next section is our big ideas section. And usually everyone shares a theme, but because we have so many uh, gathered around the table tonight, obviously that would take forever. And this would be more (laughs) like your movie five hours instead of your movie hour. So we're just going to talk about a couple big ideas, a couple themes. In The Rise of Skywalker, One of the big themes that plays out is this question of destiny and choice. I'm just going to throw it out very um, vague at this point. Where do you see that theme playing out? How do you how do you think about it? Well, um, I think if you if you go all the way back to uh, the emperor talking to Luke and saying. Mm -hmm. It's your destiny. I mean, from Palpatine's perspective, from the Emperor's perspective, it's all about destiny. And even in Rise of Skywalker, for him, it was all about destiny. 
Ray was destined to take over. Um, and I think for us, we we may tend to think that way as well because of what we've done, where we've come from, that's destiny. But this obviously shows us in a cinematic way that you can overcome your destiny and not just flip it and say, no, that's not my destiny, but you can, in a way, remake your destiny. Mm. Uh, Ray being basically good and bad, or I shouldn't say good and bad, light and dark, and embracing both of those to defeat the Emperor. Then there was that one brief little bit where Ray was sort of going along with uh, the Emperor's plot because she saw no other choice. Um, she thought she lacked hope, and so she was like, if it's my destiny, then I don't have a choice, and I have to go along with this. And then here comes Ben to save the day, and he gives her a way out. And once she has that choice, she something clicks in her mind, and she goes back and says, you know what? No, I can, I can choose my own path. My lineage, my name doesn't affect who I am and what I believe. And I think that's probably because she saw that Ben chose his own path. Good point. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that, that part really tugged at my heartstrings. Um, I think the way that this kind of whole, you know, idea of destiny and that kind of thing, how it kind of, you know, makes me think is um, kind of like as, you know, in in my personal, like, religious beliefs, I had read a book in a class, um, I think it was like an apologetic book um, and it was talking about how human nature is kind of like sinful and it's like our destiny to kind of like not be perfect but yet in some religions still people still try to be perfect and do the best that they can and that kind of you know this you know idea kind of reminded me of that and kind of how we in a way ourselves live that whole going trying to change our destiny Mm. it's interesting that um when ray goes to that island that luke was on and she's like i'm just gonna stay here forever Mm. um and luke visits her and uh you know shows her leia's lightsaber and tells ray that leia like sensed when Leia was completing her training all these years before, um, sensed that Ben, like sensed Ben's destiny and like what was gonna happen with him. And she also sensed that there would be like someone like Ray who would like fix it or make it all right or something like that. Um, I don't remember if, I don't remember exactly what it was that Luke said that, that Leia sensed, but she sensed that like future Ray figure was like related to Palpatine or something. That's what I understood from it. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that like Ray went in there to confront Palpatine kind of being like, it is my destiny to confront him, but she didn't really know what the destiny of the outcome was. She just kind of knew that because she was a Palpatine, like this is what she was supposed to do. And I think sometimes 
we can waver with things and say, I know I'm supposed to be here, but I don't know if I'm, you know, quote unquote, destined to like make this choice or make that choice, but I know that I'm supposed to be here. And I think that's something that caused Ray to doubt herself and kind of wonder if, you know, Palpatine, who was a master manipulator, was right when he's like, you're supposed to take the throne. I will, you know, me and all the Sith will live on through you. Like, this is your destiny. Um, so that was interesting to me, too, because, you know, Luke telling Ray that he didn't mean like, you're destined to like, be just like Palpatine. But maybe in those moments, like, that's what she was getting out of it, like those moments of doubt for her. But then when Ben showed up, she was able to be to remember kind of what she felt in that moment when Luke told her, which was like, no, you're destined for this great thing and you're going to defeat Palpatine. So a real quick thing, uh, if, I, if I'm remembering the quote correctly, Leia sensed that her, at the completion of her Jedi training, she would lose uh, Ben. And so she like stopped right there, right near the end, if I remember correctly. And since Luke knows that, that kind of puts the whole scene where he uh, almost actually took out Ben back in, I think it was in The Last Jedi yeah. when we first oh, saw right. that. Yeah. It's one of those cases of uh, where that destiny was brought about by trying to stop it. Through other means, yeah. yeah that's so, interesting. Leia told Luke, and then Luke panicked when he sensed the possibility of the dark side within Ben. And, mm. uh, he and he had a moment of weakness. Mm. It was just a moment, but it was a moment of weakness that led to uh, Ben becoming Kylo Ren. You know, that actually makes that whole mm. thing with Luke kind of snapping and being like, mm. maybe I should kill Ben. Like, that makes a lot more sense. Because yeah. he, it's almost like what Leia had sensed all those years before, because they showed us when it was, and Luke and Leia were both very young. Mm -hmm. um, what she had sensed all those years ago, he saw was coming true, even though they tried to stop it by Leia not completing her training. And uh, that makes him, like, Luke snapping and being like, maybe I should kill Ben because I see all the stuff he's going to do. That makes that less kind of out of the blue. Hmm. Yeah. That did seem kind of crazy in the moment. It was kind of like, yeah. why was he so scared? Yeah. <laughs> but now we know. Yeah. In The Last Jedi it is what we're talking about when Luke talks about almost killing Ben Solo, who then turns into Kylo Ren. Something that jumps out at me when I think about Destiny in this, uh, in this movie is that the movie really engages both the kind of the theories of, you know, we are and we will be what we are what we come into the world with our nature um, or we are, and we will be um, the experiences that the accumulation of our experiences are our nurture, right? The nature versus nurture or nature and nurture mm -hmm. kind of debate. And I see this play out in a way that I thought was very interesting um, where Ray is by nature, a Palpatine, right? And so she, she has this tug by nature. I am evil. I'm going to, end up being one of the bad guys i'm going to be a villain in this story this is her fear this is her like is this what i just have to do because of my nature and then there's someone whose nature fundamentally you know a skywalker you know he should be he's the son of you know han and leia you know two yeah freeloaders uh for han sometimes but you know like fundamentally loyal people 
and he's got this great bloodline Anakin turned everything you know and yet he has made these choices time and time again he turned away from the light side he followed Snoke around and killed all these people and did all these things so his his experiences his well, nurture, and he killed his father he killed mm-hmm. his father yeah. he has all these reasons why he has to be bad so Rey has these reasons why she has to be bad um, that's nature Kylo Ren has these reasons why he has to be bad that are not nature but are nurture and both of them are are tugging with then is it my destiny to be evil or do I have a choice well that's something mm-hmm. that I was thinking of actually just a few minutes ago is you know Ray's uh, question is about destiny or maybe even her redemption arc she doesn't really need one in the traditional sense but it's like redemption from her destiny from her past from uh you know those types of things and kylo ren's is about redemption from his choices and i thought that that was a really important contrast because some of us feel like we'll be stuck in cycles and stuff because of our destiny, the family we grew up in or, you know, the place we live or whatever. But uh, some of us make bad choices and then we get stuck in this thought that Kylo Ren for sure does of like, I've gone too far, I can't go back now. And so that's why I think Ray and Ben slash Kylo Ren are so, like I love this movie because it explores both of those things redemption from our destiny or like moving past our destiny and moving past our choices because those are often thought as like you know separate things and i love that because star wars ultimately when you look at all three uh trilogies it's about this question of destiny and this question of choice and that is like the theme that goes through all the star wars movies and i thought they explored that in a really cool way in this one Yes, and when Ray healed Kylo Ren's wound, mm-hmm. that showed him that choice matters and he could make different choices. Yeah. He knew that she was a Palpatine. True. And she made a good choice. True. Yeah. I want to uh, ask a question. You can take this either personally or, or be more objective about it. Great question to ask your in-laws, by the way. <laughs> um, so... Where do you see, and I'll, I'll make it outside, so where do you see people, or you can take it a little more personally and, and say, you know, where do you see in yourself a, a tendency to get caught up in your nature or nurture narrative and to say, this is my destiny because I am this way or I experienced this or I, you know, whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Like, where do you see that? in your life and and how do you manage that or how have you managed it what what does that look like we all have this this sense of like oh no i'm something for me i grew up in a context where i didn't have a lot of boundaries um and so i have uh, then then operating within boundaries has always been difficult for me uh may, whether it's a boundary of being on time to things <laughs> or a boundary of uh getting a chore done around the house that I carry with me into my adulthood, you know, as a 30 year old male. Now I'm like, and, and I like to, I like to let myself off the hook by saying, well, I didn't have a lot of boundaries when I was young. If I'd had more, you know, then I would be better. I would be different. Um, and yet like I've found that, that I can grow 
up. I can grow out of it. I can, you know, function better in, in boundaried situations and scenarios. Um, so that's, that's one area for me as kind of an example, but where do you see that in your life or, or in the lives of others in the real world? Well, I, I think, you know, growing up in, in the, uh, the religious atmosphere that I did, um, I mean, early on, as I was in high school, a lot of kids that I knew were Seventh-day Adventists because their parents were Seventh-day Adventists. They had these beliefs because their parents had these beliefs. But that's the time when I started questioning for myself and studying for myself. So I think that some people, and, and then making choices of my own, and I think that some people will think, oh, this is the way that I am because that's the way my parents were and that's the way my grandparents were, et cetera. And I think, you know, just like Ben made choices and Ray made choices, I think that we need to study and figure out and make choices of our own, whether it's related to religious uh, worship or spirituality or just simple life choices, whether it's, uh, you know, I grew up in a household that may have been this way, but I, I want to have a household that's different. Mm. So that's, that's where I see it coming, coming into play. Um, I think for me, I've found that with the mental health struggles I've had and how they're kind of hereditary, there was a point where I kind of felt like, you know, this is as good as it's going to get. It's never going to get better. Um, and so I, I, I kind of understand Kylo Ren in the way that, like, you know, he felt like it was his destiny because of his choices. Or, like, Ray felt like it was her destiny because she was a descendant of Palpatine. I felt like it was my destiny to never really have the life I wanted because of the hereditary issues mentally I had. Mm. So for me, uh, I sort of have a destiny thing that is outside of my hands as well. Uh, on November 8th, 2017, was it? Uh, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and that uh, has added a big complication to my life. Mm -hmm. Instead of being able to pursue more passion-oriented projects, I'm now having to look at ones that uh, would have better benefits and things like that. I, I uh, don't really have the ability to take things a little bit easier. Uh, you know, just careful financial planning isn't quite enough because insulin is quite expensive. And add on top of that, uh, some, of the, some of these same disorders and things like uh, Asperger's that I have, it feels a little restrictive, but... How I've dealt with it is honestly that uh, I was given a little something else from my family, and that's that uh, I'm stubborn. And so instead of instead I've of I've not noticed that in the family. That's <laughs> about that's because we pick and choose what we're stubborn about. Uh, and the case in point is a lot of times when people are stubborn with type one diabetes or type two diabetes, is that they will. Uh, say they they say no. I'm not going to live my life like I have type 
one or two diabetes and they won't take care of themselves mm. and so that uh, hurts them but since the get-go uh, I had my cry I uh, had my struggle and then I put on the stubbornness and instead say said I won't let this keep me down mm. and so I basically said this is one more thing I gotta deal with I've dealt with other things before and so I'll just keep going and that was a choice I made um, I think something for me uh, that goes along this line of Ben Solo's experience is uh, that I've killed a lot of people. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Um, you heard it on this podcast. <laughs> Admittance to murder. I'll probably edit that out. <laughs> um, yeah, so one thing that I uh, resonate with in Kylo Ren, Ben Solo's uh, story of this idea of like, is it too late for me? Or it is too late to me. He says it very definitively. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. And to Leia is like, it's not too late. Um, and this is like such a small thing, but you know, on the outside, but I, uh, have had this dream and this hope and I've been working for this for the last several years to, uh, you know, make content, make web series, make movies, make all this kind of stuff. And, um, it takes a lot of work. Uh, you got to do a lot of networking. It's hard to break in. You got to have money or, uh, be friends with people who have money. Um, and you got to sit down and do the scripts and, and you got to do all that. And I've experienced a lot of setbacks due to, uh, my husband's job is very, uh, demanding as far as where we live and, um, things like that. And, um, I've spent, the last like six years or so knowing exactly what I want to do, but having a hard time getting to where I want to be. And I constantly, probably almost every day have this negative self-talk that says like, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Like you're well, and I, I have a day job. I have all sorts of other stuff going on in my life and I have to balance it all. And, um, so this voice says like, it's too late. Um, also I'm a woman it's harder to get your foot in the door in this industry as a woman. Um, sometimes I go, oh, I can't be, you know, I can't direct stuff because, like, I'm super indecisive in my personal life. So, like, how could I be, you know, decisive as, like, a creative, you know, visionary or anything? And um, so those things combined with, like, the anxiety that comes from that, sometimes I feel locked in, like I'm doomed. Like, there's, I have this dream I have this thing I've been working towards as, as much as I can, but it's just not enough. Um, and, uh, you know, also I've, I've gotten messages from some people that, you know, I, I can't do that kind of stuff as a, as a Christian, um, which I am, or as an Adventist. Um, and that kind of negative self-talk affects you just like, you know, Kylo Ren was a victim of manipulation and, uh, emotional and mental abuse, psychological abuse from Palpatine, who is a master at manipulation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Palpatine literally like pretended to be someone else, Snoke, <laughs> to <laughs> like try to, you know, get close to him and stuff. And um, sometimes the, the, the things that people say to me, I let get to me. Sometimes my own negative self-talk, it spins me into this you know, spiral where I feel very stuck. And that's exactly where he was. And of course, this is a very different thing. Um, I think there's a lot of people 
in the world who maybe have a lot of regrets about how they treated people. I do have regrets, but not a lot of them, um, you know, in that area. But I think that this is this is true for all these types of situations is that, um, you know, every day is a new day and you can always make a, a, a choice to live your life differently and you'll backslide and it's two steps forward, one step back, or sometimes one step forward and two steps back. But like if you're, if you're like aiming, if you're facing the right direction that you want to be in, um, then like you're, you're doing what you can and that's good. And I just think of like how amazing, like when, when Ray and Ben kiss and then he smiles, like that was everything. Like you'd never seen that. And you really felt like that was real. And this whole time in all of the sequels, I had, um, just felt like Kylo Ren felt so empty. And I thought that it was because of Adam Driver's acting. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about this. Um, and then in The Last Jedi, when he was just like super angry and like attacking Luke, I was like, oh no, actually, like Adam Driver is like yeah. doing great by this character. And then in this final movie, when he turns to the light side, it was amazing. And yeah. I was like, wow, Adam Driver, Oscar, please. <laughs> like, I just, I really felt so much in that scene. Um, and like Ben's release from the darkness that, uh, you know, pe- like Palpatine was putting on him, but he was also holding on to. So when he let go of that and decided, no, it's never too late to turn back and to be good and to make the choices I want to mm. make. I'm not stuck. I'm not destined because of my choices to you know do this or be this um that was so powerful and i I think another thing you can take from that in in our own lives is just like ray did there at the end listen to the people that you care about and that care about you Mm -hmm. and even even if you feel like you're alone you have support i mean every single one of the voices that spoke to her those people were no longer alive yeah. But they they were able to encourage her and she took strength from that mm. and realized that yeah, she could she could overcome this based on their encouragement. And that's what spoke to Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo as well, is like he stated several times that he could never go back because he had killed his father and he knew that he could never go back to his mother because mm-hmm. his mother would never forgive him but then she used the force to speak to him and that communicated to him that he was still loved and she would you know welcome him back so to speak that changed everything mm-hmm. the forgiveness is the most powerful thing he had to he because leia forgave him he was able to forgive himself mm-hmm. and let his choices be behind him and then just move forward. Yeah, he kind of became human again. <laughs> mm-hmm. One other question about this whole destiny topic. There's a lot that we could, all of us have more stories, I think, mm-hmm. in this area that we could that we could flesh out. Um, but I, I'm curious, I think that sometimes uh, movies kind of slip us ideas um, and because they assume them, then it pushes us to kind of assume them as well. Like in our own... Uh, in our own kind of worldview. And one of the ideas that I I think we've kind of been pushed is the idea of destiny. 
that there is destiny, that that we have a destiny. And this is the thing, you know, we talk about like, oh, it's actually Ray's destiny not to do this. And then each time we say that it's Ray's destiny, we are giving ourselves this idea that, oh, I have a destiny. There are good people and there are bad people. That eventually (laughs) the good person will end up being good. And we say, I am destined to be with this woman or with this man to marry this person, or I am destined to do this job or I am destined to, you know, whatever it is. And then maybe that relationship breaks apart. Um, maybe uh, it just doesn't end up being as fulfilling as you thought it would be. Um, maybe you never achieve that thing that you thought was your destiny. So then you spend the rest of your life feeling like a failure. I guess you can see my, my question is a loaded one. You can see where I'm coming at this from. But um, I, I should, I can, I can step back from that. I think that destiny this idea of destiny can be kind of a negative thing, but maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I, I sense star Wars kind of, kind of pushing a, a destiny idea. And I'm curious what you guys think about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, star Wars has from pretty much the, uh, beginning of the prequels with the whole prophecy, the chosen one thing, pushed this idea of destiny and, you know, it was Anakin's destiny to destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force, and he wound up as Darth Vader, <laughs> and he didn't destroy the Sith. They lived on, obviously, and neither did Luke destroy the Sith. So there's this whole idea that um, destiny might not be what we think it is, and uh, in my opinion, at least, in terms of character, Destiny doesn't really exist uh, because we choose what person we want to be. And I think that was one of the bigger themes of the uh, sequel trilogy, um, especially in Rise of Skywalker. But you have, like, Finn deserting the First Order. Mm. He chose who he wanted Mm. to be. Then he was kind of cowardly. And then Rose sort of forced him into uh, this way of not being selfish anymore or self-centered anymore and he in the rise of skywalker that sort of thing came to completion when he and uh i don't remember her name the other um first order deserter that they found um they went and were basically prepared to sacrifice themselves to save everybody else that's and, so true because we just rewatched the first two in the sequel mm-hmm. uh, trilogy, like a, like a week ago, and in the Force Awakens, pretty much the whole time Finn just like wants to get away yeah. and like be safe, mm-hmm. and he like lies a bunch um, just to like get away from the First Order, mm-hmm. and so his end, you know, sacrifice that he didn't actually have to make, but he, that he was prepared to make, mm-hmm. is really uh, a great arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very powerful. So when when uh, Heather was talking about destiny, and Johnny, what you brought up, uh, makes me think that destiny many times may be different from what we think it is. Mm-hmm. With uh, Luke telling Ray it's her destiny to go face Palpatine, she she must do that. Obi Wan told Luke. You must face your father. And those may not have turned out the way that they expected. Um, 
or the way as as viewers we expected uh, and so maybe destiny is bigger than just the thing that's in front of us like you always have to face your destiny like face your destiny like you said Luke had to face Anakin Ray had to face Palpatine Ben before he turned he had to face his father yeah he mm-hmm. had to face you know his father who he had killed so he's facing both his you know l- like legacy the han you know you are my father i have your genes but also the fact that he that he killed him mm-hmm. so for any of us to make choices or like move forward or whatever like we have to actually look at our destiny and face it whether we like it or not and then we have to make a choice about it mm. so so it's not fate that we're that's going to happen Mm -hmm. it's we have to face what our choices have led to yeah Mm. or sometimes what other others choices have led to Mm. you know luke knowing that darth vader was his father like that wasn't had nothing to do with luke's choices but it is something where like sometimes when you look at your parents you're like looking in a potential mirror of the future, you know, will I be like this? Am I like this? You know, whatever. And yeah. So when it comes to real life, I don't uh, tend to actually subscribe to uh, the idea of destiny and even uh, prophecy. Cause uh, one day I was thinking about things like prophecy and uh, I kind of had this realization that prophecy is really Uh, a prediction and it's just that someone has the ability to make that prediction come true so it's kind of just similar uh, in an extremely simplified version Uh, say I'm gonna get up and go outside at uh, 6.30 6.30 rolls around and what you've said comes to pass you get up and you walk outside so it's it's uh it's like i said a simplified version but you still chose to bring that into fruition Mm. uh so for those who uh, are religious when god says that uh this thing will happen it happens and uh, a lot of the time it's because he uh has the power to make it happen. So, like uh, when Jesus says that I will return, it's because he has the ability to return, and he says one day I will, and one day he will. It's still his choice. If he wanted to, he could actually go back on that, and the prophecy would never be fulfilled, but he intends on coming back. Yeah, like he chooses to fulfill the prop- the prophecy. It, it's a... It's essentially a prediction or, in this case, a promise. In the story of Jonah, God actually did go back on that prophecy that he would destroy Nineveh because they repented. And he's like, okay, I won't destroy you. And then Jonah got really angry about it. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, in, in uh, religious speak, that's called a conditional prophecy, right? Yeah. yeah. First time I've heard of that. Man. That's a good can of worms uh, to jump into. But we do have another idea that actually, maybe that's a great segue because um, our our next theme, I think, from this movie 
really ties in with what will come to pass. And that theme is hope and the place of hope. And you see this, I'll set it up by considering Poe and Finn as they, um, Leia has disappeared, you know, and they're there and they're having to make a choice about what happens. And, and Poe makes this speech, you know, calling people, you know, to go, they're going to send the Falcon out. They're going to, you know, they are going to hope, hope as Leia would hope, hope as they've been told, hope as, as it has turned out good for them so many times in the past, you know, as the resistance or as the rebellion or, you know, whatever. Um, and so hope, the place of hope, um, I, I think that hope is something that is frequently lost um, in our in our world, in our time, in our lives. That we uh, that we look at the things around us that are so bleak, you know, whether it's the political landscape um, or the political landscape five years ago or ten years ago, whenever it was, you know, or we look at the um, ecological landscape or we look at the relational landscape around us or the career landscape whatever it is um, and we say you know uh, it's I'm, I'm overwhelmed and here Star Wars is offering this word this word hope I think that um, hope can be very powerful mental states are very powerful if you feel that there's hope you can go one more step and then one more step if you have lost hope then you're gonna want to give up (laughs) you're just gonna want to sit down and cry uh and we can kind of see that as an example in this movie (laughs) um because you know they did have this hope you know they sent out this you know request for like you know please help us (laughs) to everybody and that was hope that they would have help and they chose to have hope like leia would hope (laughs) i'm saying hope a lot (laughs) um and then you know when they were like oh the reinforcements aren't coming they lost hope and that i think drastically can change the performance if you don't have hope, then it's like, what's the point in trying? So I think it's important to remember how important hope is because if you have it, it can make you a lot stronger. It was amazing to see Poe doubt so much because mm-hmm. usually he's just so like crazy and like, yeah. ah, this is going to work <laughs> Let's out. Let's go. Yeah. And he just like totally lost hope and he's like, I don't know what to do. That was a gut-wrenching scene for oh. me oh, when no. he took his when he took off his speaker and his helmet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then to see him flip back when, mm-hmm. you know, the camera pulled back and we see like mm-hmm. all the ships that have arrived, like to see him flip back to Poe and this Poe that, you know, he had been saddled with this huge thing. Cause Leia is gone now. Um, but to see him flip to this, okay, let's get it done again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is, it really shows what hope does. And also, mm-hmm. like, uh, when Ben, you know, after Ray and Ben, you know, confront Palpatine together, and then he, like, kind of zaps them of their force energy, and then Ben gets up, and then Palpatine tosses him into that hole or whatever. Like, uh, you know, why did he come back up? It was because he had hope. He, he, maybe he didn't even know what was going on. Maybe he didn't know Palpatine. 
had been defeated by Ray, but he he climbed back up that hole because he had hope mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Palpatine had been defeated, that Ray was still there, you know. And then why didn't he just like cry and whatever when he found out Ray was dead? Well, he had hope that maybe like him giving, yeah. you know, doing force healing could like save her. And so hope is like so powerful. And I suppose that's why Ben even like tossed his lightsaber and was like, I'm going to go follow Ray and we're, I'm going to, you know, try to defeat Palpatine too. Like mm-hmm. he had hope because he had been without hope for himself. And then Leia, who's the queen of hope, <laughs> she's all about hope. Like she spoke to him and that gave him hope that things could be different. And that mm-hmm. motivated him all the way until the end. And even, even before he made it all the way to Ray, uh, she was about to go it appeared strike down Palpatine Mm -hmm. and he shows up and his knights, the Knights of Ren encircle him and start fighting. And then he and Ray have the force vision and they see each other (sighs) and gave each other hope. Yes. True. Mm -hmm. They were both, he was struggling. She was doubting. Mm -hmm. That was so, Oh, I didn't realize that he was struggling too, but he was, he didn't have a lightsaber. He was getting beat the tar out of him. I loved that when, when they transferred the lightsaber, I was like, this (laughs) is the freaking best. I know. I was like wanting to get out of my chair and like, like, (laughs) so I would like to bring up rogue one. I'll try not to spoil anything in case people haven't seen it yet, but, uh, Later in the movie, it's not really a big secret, so I think I can say this, but um, when, so I think his uh, his name was Galen or so, uh, the father of... Yeah, Jen's father, Galen. Yeah, yeah I, I struggle with names, but when he was saying that he built uh, a, f- a purposeful flaw into the Death Star, uh, mm. something so small that they wouldn't see it, well, first off, he did that in hopes that the rebellion could actually exploit it. And then once uh, people within the rebellion heard that there was this weakness, they had hope that they could mm-hmm. exploit it. So that is creating hope off of each other. Sure. But then beyond that, uh, when they went on that uh, practically suicide mission, to go ahead and get the Death Star plan so that they could exploit that weakness, that was all based off of hope Mm -hmm. that they could Mm -hmm. succeed. And uh, Jin was saying, uh, well, when one of the soldiers questioned her, saying, then what hope do we have? And she says, we have this one chance. And once we uh, get to that chance, and if we make it past it, then we'll take the next chance. And the next chance after that, and the next one after that, until either we succeed or the chances are spent. And that is a hope that uh, even if it leads to your death, that you can bring about something that gives others hope. Hmm. And in fact, they keep uh, taking these chances, like she said, and it eventually culminates in them getting the Death, the death Star plans uh, to the to the rebellion, and then it gets passed along into uh, Leia's ship. I for, I forget its name, but 
there's the one soldier that hands it off while Vader's just right there in the corridor. Right. Yeah. He, he's hopeful that if uh, he can get the plans out, that the rebellion can succeed. Yeah. And then it just keeps going on, and then the ship takes off uh, and escapes. Yeah. And when the soldier actually takes it to Leia, they say, what have they sent us? What have they bring us? Uh, what have they given us? And Leia says, hope. Oh. And, that, <laughs> and that hope trail... That's keeps good. going powerful. keeps going uh it keeps chaining on up until there's the destruction of the death star and then that gives the rebellion hope uh okay. that the empire can be beaten okay. and it uh continues on to the chain uh through the chain and then luke gets hope that his father can be redeemed mm-hmm. and vader gets hope when he sees luke uh give in to his anger when he threatens uh when vader threatens leia yeah. Uh, Luke gives into his anger, into his emotion, and attacks with just pure hatred towards Vader. But then in that moment, Luke chooses not to fall to the dark side and says, I am a Jedi like my father before me. And that then gives Vader hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vader, uh, seeing that his son was able to fall to these emotions and then come back and not fall to the dark side gave him hope for himself which led to him throwing uh sidious down the reactor shaft and i guess all this could have started with uh galen having a more simple life a wife and a kid and Mm. then when his daughter escaped his hope was that through putting in that flaw he could create a better world well and if you go back even further you know yeah anakin was supposed to be the chosen one hope um but then like he turned and like you know in the prequels and then the last what is it revenge of the sith is that the name of the third one (laughs) in the prequels um i think so you know when obi-wan has to like fight anakin and like cuts off his limbs and stuff (laughs) he is devastated Obi-Wan doesn't really have hope mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Padme has two twins. And that gives Obi-Wan like a little hope. And he goes and he, you know, looks over Luke on Tatooine from afar. Mm-hmm. And so A new hope. Yeah. So hope is this huge theme that runs through things and even though evil keeps like rising up and then falling and rising up and falling, like they never lose hope even though they want to and yeah. that's something that you know Leia had seen over a long time and maybe she understood the legacy of her family how important hope was um, at keeping evil at bay and then even in death she was able to you know carry on that legacy people like Poe were able to carry on that legacy I I uh, know that some of us around this table and also listeners um, the thousands of listeners that we have who write us letters and <laughs> emails and leave us, you know, phone messages and telegrams and whatnot, uh, sometimes struggle with hope, sometimes struggle with, um, with giving into despair, uh, or feel like they should give in, feel like hope is, is not. And it's, it's one thing. I think it's, I think it's true. You know, like Ani said, like when Poe has hope, um, it changes his, ability to perform yeah. and when he doesn't have hope it changes his ability to perform but 
it's it's one thing to say that or to know that intellectually and it's another to have hope you know or yeah. to cling to hope so before we turn to our our bigger impact question how how do you foster hope either in your own life or or you know what what maybe advice could you give to someone else i think one way i've seen this work really well is when you can show someone what hope has done for you and how your life has gone from bad to good. Um, and that can show other people so they can have hope. <laughs> like I, uh, I uh, sometimes have struggles with uh, being a diabetic, but uh, one thing that kind of keeps me going is being kind of an example that it diabetes doesn't have to get you down. I have my moments where mm-hmm. I feel just simply trapped or broken because there is a part of me that is not functioning. But most of the time, I instead kind of take pride in how well I've jumped onto it. Uh, my doctor said I'm doing a lot better than uh, most my age. And so uh, that kind of surprised me uh, because I feel like I don't do the best that I can. So with that in mind, I am someone who likes to, uh, if I meet someone else who is diabetic, I try and uh, give them some tips and advice because even though I still have some limitations uh, imposed by diabetes, I'm still getting up and running around as usual. I haven't really let it beat me. Uh, one thing I've kind of noticed is that hope feeds off of each other. Mm-hmm. And it also chains. So It's kind of a chain reaction. When one person has hope, it gives others hope. Yes. So in this context with me, I try and do my best with diabetes to give others hope that uh, they can live their life not really impeded by it. Hmm. And so uh, I, m- me hoping that I can do that for someone is something that keeps me going. Huh. So wanting to give hope gives me hope, huh. which is rather interesting. Hmm. So I think this is kind of cliche, but I think that one thing that helps me is to always look for the good in things and not look for the bad in things. And um, there are some people that always see the negative aspect of everything. And if you continue to focus on the negative aspects of things as opposed to the positive aspects, so it being Christmas time, somebody may think, oh, I didn't get the present that I wanted. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, you can say, oh, but I did get this other cool thing. And if you focus on that, the, the positive, then that's going to help bring that hope or bring that positivity back or keep the negativity at bay. That's my, my approach to things. You know, one thing that jumps out at me from the film, and I think from my experience as well with hopelessness, and this is, man, this is hard when you're feeling hopeless because when you're feeling hopeless, you don't, want to reach out or you feel hopeless because you've reached out and no one has answered. It's like you send out word like in the last Jedi and none of the forces show up to help you. 
And so then you have you have a legitimate reason to doubt rather than hoping in the rise of Skywalker um, because you sent out word before and it and it didn't do anything. Um, but I've been really fortunate. Um, I've been really fortunate to experience presence. Um, people coming into my life and just being with me when I am without hope. Sometimes they have advice. Sometimes they have, um, you know, experience that they can share, that they can pass on, you know, their wisdom, you know, from of how they made it through. But oftentimes um, I, I don't end up needing that. Sometimes I just need someone to go and be with me so that I'm not alone. Um, and so I guess for those of us who are maybe in more hopeful spaces, um, I would say like find ways to be present with people because like Eric said, then it, it chains you know, hope builds on itself. It grows. Um, and for those who maybe are feeling more hopeless, um, I just really encourage you to take the step to reach out to someone, um, a parent and an old friend, someone who you trusted once, you know, even if you've maybe grown in distance, but find someone to reach out to and, and just take that step. Um, because loneliness I think is one of the the most devastating, um, most devastating forces to hope. I found, <clears throat> I sound like Palpatine looking <laughs> corpse. Um, <laughs> I found that, um, sometimes I feel like I'm struggling with something alone and then I, um, decide to mention it to someone and they're struggling with something similar or they can really relate to it. And sometimes I look around the people, you know, in my community or, um, you know, people I'm friends with through social media and they all seem like they've got everything going and they're happy and stuff. And, um, when I actually take the time to talk, uh, you find that everyone's struggling with things and we all need some hope. Sometimes talking with someone, um, who has the same problem as you just, talking about it gives hope because all of a sudden you're not alone. Um, and that's been something that's been really powerful for me and really helpful for me. That kind of goes back to, uh, what Ani mentioned, uh, when Ray and Kylo Ren were both basically alone and failing. Yeah. Uh, when she slipped him the lightsaber, just them, just them both being there yeah. was enough to give them hope. They could take mm. on the world. Yeah, together. <laughs> just, just not being alone, it, it can be enough to give someone hope. Yeah, yeah, just knowing. Just knowing there. Yeah, just knowing that uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that your struggles are the same. Just uh, being out there. And if two people find each other and they are both struggling with something, then they can reinforce each other yep. and create hope. Yep. In a sentence or two, after all of this discussion, after watching the movie, how has this film impacted you? One or two sentences, how has it touched your life? What are you coming away with from The Rise of Skywalker? Um, for me, I think, especially after this whole discussion, um, I think it's impacted me in the way that it shows me 
that we can have hope <laughs> to change our destiny, <laughs> to change, you know, to become who we want to be. And if it's hard, you can try and have hope hmm. that it will happen if you keep trying. Yeah. In a way, it hasn't really impacted me a whole lot because I've heard this story many times before and these lessons many times before. But uh, over time, you tend to forget those and it's a good mm -hmm. reminder to rekindle that. I think for me, it's a good reminder that no matter how awful you are, no matter how much you've messed up in your life, it's never too late for you to make yourself a better person. Sometimes you need help from others, but ultimately that change comes from within. I think for me that maybe what I'm getting out of it is it's important to listen to people who have more experience, listen to the voices of the past. Um, you know, the whole, all three movies was basically the passing of the baton from the original characters to the new characters. Mm -hmm. And that passing was complete in, in the final film. But I think that if you, if you listen to the voices of experience, then that can help you get through whatever it is you're going through. I think one thing I'm, really holding on to after this conversation is just the idea of hope I think mm -hmm. um, I haven't really thought of hope very much lately uh, and I think that's something that's really important in my adult life that maybe I've forgotten um, and there's a lot of things I need hope for and um, you can even have and hold on to hope for people you know Le Leah held on to hope that Ben would turn and he did and then, of course, the journey of hope throughout all the movies um, is just a good thing to remember and to try to carry with me um, every day. And I, I think on the lighter side, what I, what I take away from this movie is J.J. Abrams is a great storyteller. Yes. <laughs> I love the idea that my, my destiny is not written yeah. by my past. And sometimes I've lived like that, comma, but I don't want to. One sentence, boom. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we turn to the final and sometimes my favorite segment of the show, which is our surprise question. Yay. So here we go. Yes, be afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> if you could have one wish granted, for one character, uh, I in, know my answer. <laughs> in the Rise of Skywalker, who would your character be, and what would you wish for them? Ben Solo, he lives forever. Well, not forever, just as long as Ray lives. <laughs> um, I think I would agree with Heather, except I would add on, if possible, that he and Ray be together. For oh yeah, their yeah, whole yeah. lives, obviously, because they're <laughs> like, yeah, amazing. <laughs> I ship it if he was alive. Yeah. I hope he shows up as a ghost someday and yeah. is like, "I love you." 
be a weird relationship. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of like long distance, but supernatural. Finn's <laughs> just glaring daggers at him the whole time. <laughs> you might, you might get concerned though if you mix the Skywalker and Palpatine blood. What that might do, I don't know. Well, as we've learned in this, you know, conversation, destiny. True. Mm-hmm. Choice. True. <laughs> and also, Palpatine was really the. Uh, he, he was really the only bad one I know of. Her parents were just fine, so... Her parents seemed really... Yeah. True. Another, you know, thing proving choice. Palpatine yes. was pretty much a clinical psychopath, so... I think he's like... He chose to be a Sith. It wasn't destiny. He cannot be diagnosed. He's that evil. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I could diagnose him pretty much dead. <laughs> no Diagnosis? doubt about that. So You're dead! I, I think... For me, the wish would be not just that Leia would be able to communicate to Ben, but just like Han was there, that Leia could be there. If she could project herself there, if they both would be there with him. To have that kind of final closure and goodbye. Um, Also, if, if not the whole for me the you know wish for a character if not the whole ben alive with ray thing i would say finn and rose to be together to like i mean it may happen but i hope that they can communicate and like be amazing together yeah they they did make a good pair yes in the last jedi she was quite concerned when she found out that he was not on the ship as they were leaving yes i really want them to be together so, for my wish, I'm not sure who it would be put on, uh, Ben or Ray, but uh, this one might be a bit more controversial. It's more of a, from what I want to see from a story perspective, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted Ray to stay dead. Uh, because then Ben, hear me out, because... <laughs> Because then, you know, you have Rey who died a Jedi, died, you know, good. Uh, Someone who made a choice instead of falling to the dark side. Uh, She's someone who uh, gave her life up and was pretty much good till the end. She had some moments of weakness, but she didn't Mm. truly fall, not like Vader did. Versus Ben, who... Uh, it fell kill- pretty hard. <laughs> he fell pretty hard. Killed his own father. Was uh, re- uh, chose redemption by the words of his father. Uh, mm. But he has compl- his life has completely changed uh, and turned around extremely quickly. And I think it would have been interesting him being uh, what was previously the uh, enemy of the resistance. Him trying to find a new life. Yeah. And. Ray kind of needed to be dead for that to happen. Yeah, it properly. it would have been really interesting to see who Ben really was, yeah. not so, as Kylo Ren. And with the title, The Rise of Skywalker, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Like, there were times where I was like, you know, it'd be crazy as if Ray did turn evil, and then, like, Ooh. Kylo Ren slash Ben was the Skywalker that, like, defeats yeah. Palpatine. And then, you know, maybe Ray sacrifices so, herself, and then he lives on. But that's not what happened. Yeah, I was, I, oh, sorry. I, w- <laughs> I was going to be completely like when Ray died, I was ready to accept that 
Ben was like the new character. Like I actually would love to see that. Yeah. That's that's ultimately what I was getting like, to. Like maybe in like an alternate reality where that would be a great spin-off show. Oh yeah. I think if like there was an alternate reality where Ray stayed dead and like maybe he couldn't revive her somehow and he's like anyway. I think that him reviving her with the force is necessary for his redemption arc because that's true. the reason why he earned his redemption in our hearts and eyes was because he sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. But I still would have loved to see who would Ben have been, <laughs> you know, if he's not Kylo. And uh, just uh, an alternative would be that Ben was able to have a proper Jedi burial, you know, the yes. fire and all that instead yeah. of just hocus pocusing away. Yeah. Well, even Leia, she just disappeared. She didn't have a yeah. Jedi burial. That too. As did Obi-Wan and Yoda. Sure. Yeah. Well, Luke. <laughs> yeah. Vader. Vader's the only it's one tradition. who didn't, but. Uh, That's right. Vader's the only one with the fuel empire. Yeah. And Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon. Oh. But his, uh, his thing, he didn't fully succeed. He was most of the way through, I think, uh, in separating himself so we have a couple more people, characters and wishes. While we're talking about relationships, kind of want to see Poe and Zori rekindle oh, their yeah, friendship and too. make yeah. up and you know, see where that goes. I ship that. Oh my goodness, that look that Poe gave her. I know. I mean, yeah, they gave her and he's like, huh? And she's like, no. She's like, no. <laughs> that was wonderful. I love I Oscar that. Isaac. Yeah, he, he was just like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was telling mom, I feel like he's becoming like, at least in my eyes, like kind of the new George Clooney. Like oh, yeah. the way that mm-hmm. he I see looks. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love, okay, if we're going to do a spinoff, okay, <laughs> I think that that would be an interesting spinoff, like her life and then Poe can like pop in sometimes. Ooh, mm. yes. I'm the queen of happily ever after. <laughs> I can't limit it to one character I want all the people to live i want all the good people to live <laughs> and bring back palpatine, <laughs> bring yeah. back palpatine. <laughs> so you want you want leia to be alive you want han to be alive you want luke to be alive yes so i think i think for mine um my wish is for chewy mm. i think that like his story is the one that leaves me saddest mm. here he is 250 years old He's fought in all the wars. He's fought in all the wars and he's lost everyone. You know, all the rest of them are young, you know, but he is because of it's kind of the curse of a long life, long living species. So my wish for Chewie is that um, he would find a new heart friend um, Mm -hmm. that he can continue to adventure with. However long that Wookiee, um, is destined to to roam he the galaxy. Medal, he did get his yeah. medal. Chewie, I really liked that. Chewie and Maz could go have all sorts of adventures. Yeah. Because she like mm-hmm. jokes like, is my boyfriend here in The yeah. Force Awakens? And she's talking about Chewie. And so they that would, could be. Have, like, would have awesome that. adventures. That'd be another pretty good spinoff. Yeah. So yeah, and, and I think some of the some of the, the two saddest things in my mind uh about Chewie are he sees Han killed and he can't do anything about it. And then when he gets back, um, and J.J. Abrams said this is one thing he would fix, he doesn't go to Leia. He walks past Leia. So there was no mutual grieving there when there should have been. 
Uh, and J.J. Abrams says that's the one thing he would have changed. Um, and then in this one, Leia dies. Leia dies, and he's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, other people are there around her. R2 was there. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's daughter, whatever character she plays, yeah. she was there. Um, so there were other people that cared about her were there when she died. But Chewie wasn't. And then he finds out. Mm. And he is... Heartbroken. Yeah, heartbroken. I mean, Chewie missed all of their deaths. That's so yeah. sad. Luke, you know, just disappeared yeah. into the ether. <laughs> Whoosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Chewie is someone who... You know, J.J. Abrams talks about the mystery box and how you don't always want to know what's in the mystery box. Yeah. And now there's magic and not knowing all the answers. Like, how did Palpatine survive? And stuff like that. <laughs> but I, I would... I would like to <laughs> thanks Eric. I would like to know more about Chewie and his life cuz yeah. we get like little snippets, you know, throughout all the sequels and even like yeah, solo series, and yeah. and stuff like that. But I'd love a whole movie for yeah. Chewie's life. I know we keep saying spin-offs, but <laughs> they did make a movie about uh Chewie's family, but it's uh kind of not very good. The holiday special. Oh no! <laughs> Was that about Chewie's family? Yeah. Oh uh, no! Like the one from like 1971. Yeah. The oh, TV wow. movie where everyone was phoning in their performances and. Okay. Well, Johnny and I <laughs> live by count. Movie Madness, which is this huge video rental place in Portland, and I bet they have it on DVD. So we're gonna check that out. <laughs> there is so much, so much we could talk about. Star Wars has been, will continue to be a legacy, I'm sure. Especially in this family. Oh, yeah. Especially in our family. But we do invite you to continue the conversation with us in our Facebook group, Your Movie Hour Community. Let us know what you thought of The Rise of Skywalker. Did we miss anything? How do you relate to destiny, to hope? Uh, what character would you wish for something for? Are you team Raylo or no? Mm. And if you're not, you could just go ahead and leave the group. (laughs) (laughs) The questions that matter most. Uh, Remember to tell your friends about the podcast, rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at your movie hour. Send us an email at your movie hour at gmail.com. And of course, check out our Patreon and the cool perks you can get by being a patron. Find us online at yourmoviehour.com. And until next season, May the force be with you. Udini. <laughs> Udini. Udini. The little Jawa things they always oh. say. Udini. <laughs> Udini. <laughs> I sound like Babu Frick. <laughs>